You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today, we are finishing up Wings Week of our player season recaps. Uh, we did Justin Holiday on Wednesday, TJ Warren and his abbreviated season on Monday. And today we're finishing up Wings Week with the final wing that played the entire season on the Pacers, Keelan Martin. And so the way we've been doing these is we think of one word to describe that player's season and run through their stats, talk about their skills, good and bad, and then talk about what comes next for the player. Uh, if you're looking for free agency previews, we've been doing some of that this week. Uh, we talked about the way the Pacers could acquire some stars on Tuesday, and then we previewed free agency for the Pacers for the point guard position yesterday. So if you want to go check those out, uh, those shows are already in the feed. But today is all about Keelan Martin, and the word I have to describe Keelan Martin may be a little selfish, but the word I came up with when thinking about Keelan Martin and his season was surprising. Because if you'll recall, before the season started, Martin signed a two-year deal, but the second season was completely non-guaranteed, and the first season was basically exactly half-guaranteed. So it's not exactly a ringing endorsement of a player's skills, right? That's sort of like a, yeah, we think you're a little bit better than a training camp guy, but we don't necessarily think that you're going to be some rotation or useful player for us. And that's kind of how I viewed Keelan, right? Maybe he turns into something interesting, but more than likely he's just a camp body. They'll cut him midseason for something more useful. And then it turns out Keelan Martin is a pretty important player down the stretch for this Pacers team, playing in their play-in games. Uh, those were pretty – he was really clutch for them against Charlotte. He was huge in their rotation against Washington as they tried – to make the playoffs. So he really was surprising to me this season in the way he was able to turn his season around midway through, right? He was out of the rotation. He played in 19 games uh, of the Pacers' first 56, right? So he played, he didn't play in 37 of those games. And then he played in all of their last 16 games, right? So he really came on at the end of the year, almost ended up playing in half of the team's games. He played one fewer game than Jeremy Lamb. Like, who would have pegged that before the season, even knowing Lamb's injury? Because... No one thought Keelan Martin would be this guy or be that effective. And so running through his stats, it's kind of tough. So I have Keelan's season recap, and I also had Goga's and Jakar's and Cassius's, and they ran into this problem too where, like, you look at Keelan's stat line and you see 9.2 minutes per game, 4.5 points per game, two rebounds, half an assist, point three steals. Nothing important, right? That doesn't sound like a surprising player who had a key role down the stretch, and those stats are an unfair way to tell the story of Keelan Martin's season and why he might actually have a future on the Pacers. I think the better way to describe that is looking at his looking at his season statistically chronologically, right? So I talked about how he only played 19 of the Pacers' first 56 games. Of those, all but I would say three were garbage time. There was that stretch in early April. Uh, he had a huge three. He hit three threes against the Spurs. Remember that stretch uh, where they had a bunch of key guys out on the wing. McDermott was out where he was in the rotation. But for all the rest of his first 19 appearances, it was all exclusively garbage time of blowout games. He played basically exactly 100 minutes in the Pacers' first 56 games 
uh, and scored 1.8 points per game while shooting 38.2% from the field, 31.3% from deep, and not providing much else anywhere, right? So for the first 56 of 72 games, right, that's a ton of the season. That's like, I can't do the math quickly, but that's over 80% of the season. Keelan Martin was just like a bit player, right? He was not doing that much. Then for the final 16 games of the season, Right, everyone's hurt. Lamb's hurt for the for a while. Brogdon's out. Warren's obviously been out. Levert's in and out, uh, in and out. Excuse me. Uh, you know th- they're just missing a ton of guys. They need Keelan to kind of be a backup two guard, play some wing minutes, right? Really soak up some time. Even play the four a little bit because Turner was out. They just needed bodies, really. For the last 16 games of the season, Keelan played all 16 of them. He played 14.1 minutes per game, and. For the first couple of these 16 games, he wasn't even playing that much. He only played four seconds, four seconds against the Wizards on May 3rd. Like, there are a few games really deflating the minutes that he truly played. Scored almost eight points per game on 47% shooting from the field, 43% shooting from deep, and 86% shooting from the free throw line, 3.6 rebounds per game. So he became a nice role player for the Pacers down the stretch when they really needed it, right? They lost to the, the Hawks on April 18th, and like all of a sudden their, their playing situation wasn't looking so good. Then Keelan's in the rotation for those last 16 games, and they win eight of those. They go eight and eight down the stretch, and their schedule wasn't particularly hard. But to get production from him, both as an efficient score and the thing that impressed me the most often when he was in the rotation was his defense. He played really solid defense, was just huge for this Pacers team. They really needed him, and he stepped up and was a big factor in keeping their season alive. Right? They, they, they only made the play-in game by two games or... Uh, well, I guess it would have been closer to if the Bulls didn't tank right at the end of their season. But like, without Keelan and having some huge games down the stretch, they might not even have made it. And I know some people didn't want them to make it. But just for the sake of telling the story of Keelan and his season, he was huge for what the Pacers tried to do. In their last three games, he had 12, 15, and 13 points. In their fifth to last game, he had 25, right? So he was really, really huge right down to the end. That 25-point game against the Cavs was the one that basically guaranteed the Pacers would make the play-in game, and the Cavs were fighting for playoff positioning, and Keelan Martin, of all people, saves the Pacers. Made 11 shots that game. He made 11 shots in one game for 25 points and played some nice defense. That was really when his season turned for me was, you know, there were only a few games left that that's that at that point, but that was huge for him. That really showed to me that you know, it's not it's against a tanking team, but that shows that he against terrible competition can be better than anyone on the floor, that he can provide value uh, on an NBA court. And I kind of buy Keelan going forward statistically um, just because of, you know, he, he shot 40 percent from three this season. And I know that sounds ridiculous to say it was only on 60 attempts, so nothing really crazy. But he's been a really good free throw shooter his whole career in the NBA. He's only taken 41. So a lot of small sample size stuff going on here. But he's hit 95 percent of those 41 free throws, 39 out of 41. Right. And usually We talk about this more often with scouting prospects, but those two things kind of go hand in hand. If you have good mechanics and good rhythm that allow you to be good at free throws, that sort of translates to threes if you can, you know, get enough consistent looks in a game to to show that impact. And while he struggled with threes in Minnesota, Keelan for the Pacers was a really good shooter. So if he wanted to have a future in the league, he had to prove he he was a shooter. And when I asked uh, his old head coach, Ryan Saunders, during the season, what he liked about Keelan, he was like, that dude, that dude's just going to shoot you out of slumps and be really helpful in that way. And he proved it this season. He proved that he can be that shooter and effective score. Still a lot of holes in his game, right? There's a reason he's a minimum guy getting a half-guaranteed deal, and we'll run through that. But I think statistically, 
Keelan did a good job this season of showing why he got back to the NBA after having to go overseas, right? He was good at Butler, but not quite NBA ready, needed to polish up his skills, and he certainly did that. And, and he showed them off this year, was really great and key for the Pacers down the stretch and, and might have saved his NBA career with those last 16 games, a la Jakar Sampson with the Bulls a few years ago. So let's talk about Keelan's skills. I kind of just talked about shooting, but getting a little more nuance into the stuff he did this season, what he needs to do going forward, stuff like that. But first, let's take a little break. Talk about the great folks over at betonline.ag who are providing you with the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They've got everything you enjoy. Basketball, baseball is on there. NBA draft bets are starting to pull up. First overall pick line, Cade Cunningham minus 2,500. That is a crazy, crazy line. So uh, they've got that over there if you want to go check that out. Get in on all the action. Before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info that they have. Stop sitting on the sidelines. Get in on the action. Head over to that website, betonline.ag. Sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. All you got to do when you sign up, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So who had Keelan Martin proving he was a good shooter this season before the season? Like all the surprising stuff from him to me was on the offensive end. So there were some stories out of Minnesota about his tenacious defense and he gets right up in your face. Um, and he was a good heady on ball defender, but his offensive game was really underfined in Minnesota. Shot under 40% from the field, under 30% from deep. And that is where his skills really showed the most to me because it's it's funny. I, I When I was reading about his time in Minnesota on a two-way deal, I kept reading about his defense, and that was the thing that, that Minnesota writers determined was, was him adding the most value, and statistically that's the end. He added more value on that team, and it just made sense given his size and his speed that he could be an okay defender, six foot five, 230, right? So he's a stocky 6'5", so you can guard – some smaller fours, he can guard threes and twos. It made sense to me coming to the Pacers that he could be more of a defensive specialist, that Keelan Martin would be more helpful in that end. And yet, every time I'd interview someone around the league, myself, you know, I just talked about Ryan Saunders, but even, you know, the Pacers staffers as they brought him in, his former managers at Butler, I talked to a few of them this season, right? They were all like, yeah, he's he's an awesome offensive player, right? He's so consistent on offense. He really works on that game. He really works on his shot. And I was like, okay, uh, I suppose he could be an offensive threat. I didn't see it. And during the season, I think we saw that he's a good off-ball mover. And because he works on his shooting so much and you know his ability to, to, to get to spots and knock them down, it, he does that in a way that a few other guys do. Like when you talk about guys getting to their spot, usually it's a star or a guy who's got an off-the-dribble game. Like, oh, Jeremy Lamb getting to the elbow or TJ Warren getting to the mid-range. But they, they do it with the ball. Keelan gets to his spots by moving well in space and by finding little crevices in the defense. And he's not like a rim guy very often. In fact, a pretty low percentage of his shots ended up coming at the rim this season. 28.3%, uh, extremely low. But he's very good at finding the spots that he's good at scoring from from the floor. Right, He shoots well from deep. He took a lot of those. He shot well enough from the mid-range. He took a lot of those. He's actually better at like the 15-footer and out than he was like in the restricted area. And he guess what? He took more shots uh, from, from 15 feet and out than in the restricted area. So he's good at finding his spots and moving off ball. And because he worked so hard on his shot and that offensive game that everybody was telling me about, that's where he really shined to me and where he was so surprising is that that's where he provided a ton of value 
uh, to the Pacers on offense, right? He hit a ton of threes in those games that he was huge, like the Spurs game that they won in overtime. They don't win without him coming in and hitting three threes when they were in foul trouble. Again, that Cavs game I mentioned earlier, he hit three threes in. Against Toronto, the last night of the season, he hit three threes. Against the Lakers, the second to last game of the season that they almost pulled the upset on, he hit three threes. So he clearly showed he can find space, especially behind the three-point arc, to get free to knock down those shots and be a good offensive player. The thing is, the rest of his offensive game, his off-the-bounce game, is really rough. He didn't really show to me that he can create a a, a one-dribble shot for himself outside of wide-open situations. Like, a lot of Doug McDermott's evolution from shooter to, you know, dangerous attacker guy that's really hard to, to run up on is that... He found a one-dribble move around Sabonis, sometimes even two dribbles that got him to the rim or got him to a spot where he could take a shot that he really liked. And Keelan, even coming around screens, doesn't really have that. And because he's not a passer, he, he can't really keep his head up to see other options very often. He's good at seeing his own options a lot, but most of his assists are just the obvious one-pass-away kind of stuff for in transition. It's really easy for defenses to not let him get into any dribble moves, so he's basically just an off-ball mover and shooter at this stage. He had a few good drives and, and finishes this season, right? Everybody who has the ball and can score to some extent will have some nice drives and finishes, but I think he needs to work on just in general his his dribbling package and his handle if he wants to take another step as a scorer because, again, he's got the shooting. like He reached league average true shooting this season on just jumpers, but he can't get to the free throw line at all. Right, His free throw rate is extremely low, and he doesn't really drive that much. He doesn't take that many shots around the rim, nor does he make that many shots around the rim. He shot pretty badly around the basket this season. So he kind of came on offense. He kind of became, excuse me, exclusively like a movement off-ball threat with the occasional burst to the rim for something. And, you know, he'll get better at the twos if he gets more reps on future teams and stuff like that. Um, But that's where I think his next step is, would be that getting inside the arc and things like that. Um, But his offensive game is certainly interesting. Uh, If you can shoot 40% consistently going forward, if that's the only role he can have on offense, that's still a guy who could be parked near the back of an NBA rotation or a high-end bench guy who doesn't play that much. But when there are injuries, can step in and play like Keelan did at the end of the season. On defense, I kind of talked about this earlier. right? This is the stuff from Minnesota that, that translated and made some sense. But the reason they were able to confidently call on Martin that Bjorkren was able to call him in off the bench down the stretch of the season so confidently and went with, to him over Cassius at times, I think, was the defense. I know Cassius was really raw on offense as well, but Keelan provided enough on both ends that it made more sense to, to have him be the guy who got all those minutes down the stretch. Um, but uh, yeah, his size makes him uniquely positioned to play on the wing and, and be able to guard like a lot of positions and switch on occasion. And the Pacers really aggressive, uh, stretchy defense. He was able to recover well. He's got enough foot speed to be effective in that way. So he he really fit the what Bjorker wanted to do on defense well because of his defensive uh, strengths and strategies. So I think that's somewhere he, he will basically be like slightly below average to average defender for his whole career. And that's, that's pretty useful for an end-of-bench guy, especially one who can shoot... 40% from three, right? He's really good at getting his shoulders into guys. He doesn't reach that often, right? His foul rate um, is pretty high because he's always banging bodies in the paint, but he's not really reaching or having a lot of you know stupid fouls um, for a guy of his ilk. So I think if he was going to... Gonna re- like he upped his steal rate this year because he doesn't do a lot of those stupid plays, but I think if he's going to up his defense next year, it'd be his off-ball away from the play kind of stuff. Just a little bit better positioning you know, to 
to not have to be out of position or to be ready to, to, to face the ball immediately on catches going forward. But, you know, his defensive impact stayed about the same from Minnesota to Indiana. Just, again, slightly below average, but good on-ball defender, has the size to match up with a lot of guys. But his offensive impact is what really improved his skills on that and got a lot better, whether it was moving better, shooting better, uh, the occasional finishes he broke out. So he took some big steps forward from Minnesota to Indiana that he needed, and he proved midseason both via camaraderie, working hard in practice, and a few good appearances that he deserved to be on the roster for the rest of the season. That's why his half-guaranteed contract got fully guaranteed and why, you know, I'm really, I, I, I kind of thought that was silly midseason. I thought they could do, the Pacers could do better with that roster spot for the rest of the year, but it turns out they were right, right? For the last 16 games, they really needed him, and I bet they were glad they decided to keep that deal guaranteed for the rest of the season. But now they have to decide if that's the best use of a roster spot for next year and that's where things get interesting for Keelan a guy who again grew on offense has an important NBA skill in the shooting is good enough on defense but is he you know is he a guy you want to commit a roster spot to early in the free agency period the Pacers will have to decide that so let's talk about Keelan Martin's future what comes next for him what he needs to work on if he's coming back with the Pacers but first I got to talk to you guys about the great folks over at Built Bar they are making the best tasting protein bars ever they are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew protein bars. They're great for the health conscious guy. They have tons of delicious flavors. They have a new limited time flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. It's delicious. I got to try them. Available this week only. Get that new flavor. You got to go to their website to check them out. It's basically a thin mint cookie, but in a, in a protein bar. It's 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar. You can expect that for most of the Built Bar's flavors. They're all extremely healthy and delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com. And use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off uh, your order. Use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So Keelan Martin, as I said earlier, signed a half-guaranteed first-year deal and his second season completely non-guaranteed, both years at the minimum. So next year, Keelan Martin, if the Pacers keep him, will have a, a salary of $1.7 million, basically on the dot. And the way he played the last 16 games this season, he's probably worth about that, I would say, right? He he showed that he can be that end-of-bench guy who's really helpful in the right situations, and when he's hot, he's extremely effective, right? He was huge for them down the stretch of the season, and when he's off, he you know he's just basically a defensive utility guy, but that's what minimum contracts are for. There's a reason he got a two-way from the Wolves before signing with the Pacers. So if Keelan signs with any team in the league, he's a minimum guy. Pacers are not, right? So they don't really have to worry about that being too much for him. What the Pacers have to worry about is, is there a better use of a roster spot or a minimum salary slot than Keelan Martin, right? That is how Keelan's future will be decided with the Pacers. And that is a very close call. Like, I think financially you could argue he's worth the money and they should bring him back because he plays wing. He continues to get better at basketball every year since his days at Butler uh, and you know, he, if he's actually this level of shooter, that's a good guy to have at the end of your bench. But you could also argue, right, there's guys like Jakar Sampson, who was better than Keelan all season, getting the minimum every year, right? And so you could get rid of Keelan. You could waive him right before free agency, let him explore his options. They couldn't bring him back if they waived him, but they could get another facsimile of him for, for cheap Um a guy that works harder, a guy that's like an okay shooter in spot minutes or whatever they decide to do. So can they get a guy who's better than him for the minimum? Yeah, like there's a bunch of like 10-year vets like who get the minimum every year. But do they get a guy who's still growing every year or has the utility skills they need? That's where Keelan Martin's future is interesting to decide because I think the Pacers like him, right? They brought him in last year. 
And they didn't even have to do that, right? They could have signed anybody to that last roster spot before camp. They kept him through the cutdown deadline. They played him big minutes down the stretch of the season over the guy they drafted 54th in the draft, right? The Pacers had some affinity for Keelan during and before last season, and I don't think he did anything on the court or off the court that would have changed that. So I suppose it's very possible that the Pacers look at his $1.7 million salary as a good deal and decide, we're going to bring you back. You're going to fit in right on the end of our bench. And that makes some sense to me. But you have to think of the alternative is they waive him. And, and here's another alternative that is beyond just using that minimum slot on a better minimum guy is his minimum is $1.7 million because he's been in the year or been in the league for two years. Excuse me. But if they if they waive him and then let's say the 54th pick signs a minimum contract with the Pacers, that player's minimum salary is only about 920000 So you have freed up eight hundred k away from the luxury tax by instead of having Martin having the 50 whatever pick signed to a deal and you know you're losing some contributions there the 54th pick will almost certainly be a worse player than Keelan Martin but when you're cutting it close with the luxury tax and you're trying to bring back guys like Jakar and McDermott and McConnell every little bit counts every little bit helps you decide like if if they if they do that with Jakar and Keelan where they save 800k on both guys they've now freed up 1.6 million which is a substantial amount in getting towards the tax like if you save that 1.6 million you can salary dump a player for uh, a more expensive guy to get under the tax or whatever there's a lot of strategy to it so one thing that the Pacers have to consider with Keelan is can they do better with the minimum can they get a guy about 26 years old who is also you know, going to provide that level of value for him on a minimum deal, that's kind of hard, right? He is about worth that money and good and on the wing and a good fit with the Pacers. They made decisions to keep him around last year. Can they get a cheaper guy who can help them as much as him? No, probably not. But can they get a cheaper guy? Yes. So that's another consideration. Can they get a better guy? Yes. But a better guy on the same timeline? Probably not. So they have to decide with Keelan to me um, is, is the timeline versus money aspect. Do they want do they, do they care about with his roster spot the money, the timeline, or the contribution the most? And if they decide the timeline, they'll probably go with Keelan. If they decide uh, the contributions, they might go with a more established vet at that minimum slot. And if they decide the money, then they might go with a second-round pick in that minimum slot. I think the timeline might be the best answer because that player could still grow and exceed that money. So there's a good chance Keelan's back because of that on a non-guaranteed deal. But again, waiving him freeze up some spots and add some options for them unfortunately it's not a team option so they can't decline it and renegotiate a different deal with him if they waive him they cannot bring him back but we'll see what the Pacers decide his guaranteed is right before free agency so we won't know for about another three weeks but uh if I had to guess I would say it's probably more likely he's not back just because they want to free him up before free agency so he can explore his options and the Pacers can still get other minimum guys. So maybe they don't know exactly what they can get, but by letting him go, they have the most flexibility and they wouldn't be losing a ton. So I think it's just a consequence of his guarantee date more so than his actual ability that they will not be bringing him back, but he is good enough to be worth a minimum. I think he showed that his last 16 games of the season. In terms of on the court, I think we talked about this last year, what comes next for him. If he can just get a one dribble move, right? Fake a defender, take one dribble, hit a shot. He's okay at that. But if he could, you know, a screen comes for him once a game and he's able to, to dribble around it once and set something up, that would evolve him so much from just an off-ball movement guy to a guy you can kind of use as a threat as a secondary creator. He's not close to that yet, but if he could add that, he would be much, much more valuable. He'd be way worth more than the minimum to me. So that's where his next evolution is on the court. 
get a little bit better at that off-ball defense, get a little bit better at those at his handle and things like that. And then I think he could become a solid like end-of-rotation guy for any team, right? The 40% shooting speaks for itself. I think the free-throw percentage means that's a legit thing. But we'll have to see. I think his career is going to be very fascinating going forward just because he continues to get better. And the Pacers typically love that kind of guy, right? That's something Kevin Pritchard mentioned when they signed Jeremy Lamb, is that he gets better every year. TJ Warren got better every year. You know, he says those guys, you know, they like basketball. You know, they like to work on their game and improve. And I think that applies to Keelan, you know, from going overseas and then coming back and, and showing what he can do with two different franchises. He keeps getting better. So maybe the Pacers like him and they want him back. We'll have to see. But I think I would say 45% chance Keelan Martin is back, 55% chance he's not, which sounds like a lazy way of saying it could go either way, and it is, but I am I am officially going to go away from 50-50 splits. I'm going to slightly lean towards my gut here, which is the 5% more, or 10% more likely, I guess, that he does not return to the Pacers, despite a very good close to the season. So there we go. Keelan Martin closes out Wings Week. Uh, that is the last guy who played small minutes for the Pacers this season that gets their own show. Everyone else we have to do for player season recaps, Brogdon, Lamb, Levert, and O'Shea, and even Oladipo we're going to do on four, played big minutes when they were on the team. And the other three guys, Brian Bowen, Jalen LeCue, and Amita Brima, will all get a section of a show, not a full show. So hope you guys enjoyed this nuanced discussion of Keelan Martin and his first season with the Pacers. We'll see where his future takes him. If you have any questions about cap stuff or my incoherent ramblings about Keelan Martin's future, hit me up on Twitter at TEastNBA or at Locked on Pacers. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great weekend, and we will see you Monday where we will be breaking down the Pacers free agency strategies at the shooting guard positions. Hope to see you then.